Aloha all and welcome to Sweet Tea. This is our first episode and I'm so excited. I'll be your host Courtney and each week I'll follow out with a family member, a friend, or a complete stranger on their journey of postpartum depression. How and when they realized that they had postpartum depression or PPD for short and things they did or maybe still do to break free of postpartum depression. I want this podcast to be a place that moms and dads can take notes so if and when they have postpartum depression, they can feel more open to talking about it. This heavy subject is not talked about due to fear of being called crazy or labeled as weak, and we all know that you're none of these things. Postpartum depression can happen to moms and dads, did you know that? And it can range from mild cases to severe cases. So on this episode, I'll actually tell my story. So I'll go first. So in 2017, I noticed that I was lactating and I never experienced that before. So I went home, I bought a pregnancy test, went home and I realized I wasn't pregnant. Okay, so how can you lactate and not be pregnant? That was what was going in my mind. Now I saw my doctor and I was telling him what's going on and he looked at me and he said, okay, Let's just take a few tests and we'll figure this out. So after a few tests, he told me that I had a pituitary adenoma, which is a benign, so a non-cancerous tumor sitting on my pituitary gland. Your pituitary gland is your master gland that regulates all of your hormones. And what was going on was that because of the tumor, pushing up against that master gland, it was causing my body to think that I was pregnant when I really wasn't. And so I was happy that I figured it out, but what did it all mean? So my doctor said, you on this medication, we'll go ahead and we'll try to minimize the tumor. Hopefully it will shrink and stay small. If not, we have to do surgery. And you might have a hard time getting pregnant. It was when I had anxiety come into my life I was fearful right I was scared like what that's all I ever wanted was to be a mom so doc said no well you know it's not impossible court we still have ways you could always do these shots but you know what court we'll talk about it when we get there and for me my get there was today you know that moment in time but at the time I was in Alaska I wasn't with the person that I loved and I was away from family. So that's not what I wanted. So life goes on, you know, I take my medication, my body starts to regulate, the tumor starts to shrink. I reconnect with Sam, who is now my fiance, you know, we reconnect and we get pregnant. And I'm looking, I remember I'm looking at the the stick at like 4.30 in the morning, like three in the morning. And I'm looking at it and I'm just like, this can't be real. I don't know what's going on, right? So I tell Sam, and of course he's excited. I'm excited too, but fear comes into play. What happens next? I don't want to be the reason why this pregnancy doesn't work out, right? So that's all going into my head. Do I talk about it? No. Am I afraid? Yes. So we go to the doctor and take a test positive okay still not in my head that I'm pregnant we go into an ultrasound and then I see baby 
and I get more fearful. Of course I'm excited. I'm bouncing off the walls. But I don't know what's going through my head. Is this going to work out? I'm a high-risk pregnancy, right? Because that's what doctors said, is that I'm, I would have a hard time getting pregnant. So I'm pregnant now without any help, thank God. But that puts me in the category of being a high risk. So the doctor said, court relaxed, but I need you to know that you cannot lift any more than five pounds. Okay, doc, boom, more fearful. If I go home and I lift a pack of water, something gonna happen, right? That's the anxiety kicking in. We get home and I tell you know my boyfriend's parents at the time. And of course, we're all going through a pandemic because coronavirus hit. Well, when I met Sam, I was living in Kona. So I moved down here and coronavirus hit. So I can't travel now. My car is still in Kona, meaning I'm home in Oahu, pregnant. I can't go anywhere because I don't have a car. The rules have changed because of COVID, so nothing's really open. I can no longer hug my parents because they're first responders. And my other parents, you know, they want to make sure that I don't catch a cold or anything because they're still working. So we can no longer hug. We can no longer honey kiss cheek to cheek. I just get sad. I sit in the room and I watch, and I watch TV. And that's all I did for about nine months. You know, and that, it just, it sucked, you know? Um, everything is good, baby looks good, court reminder, don't lift anything, be careful. kind of sucked for me was, although I was talking to baby every single day, thanking him, you know, for being there, at some points I just thought, like, am I ready for this baby? Because this is all I ever wanted. Is he gonna like me? <laughs> That's where kind of depression kind of kicks in, like, shoot, what if this kid doesn't like me? <laughs> uh, and then... But my pregnancy was just amazing. Everybody was helpful and whatnot. So we get to the final stages. Um, still, nobody can come in with me for ultrasounds. I remember going to my la my second to the last appointment and Doc saying, okay, Court, before I go and check you, if baby doesn't come out, what's your plan? I said, well, Doc, I'm furloughed. They're cutting my medical at the end of this month, so September 30th, they're cutting my medical. This child needs to be out by September 29th, just to make sure. <laughs> and so she said, okay, court, well, you know, we have to induce you tonight. And I said, wait, 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 what does that mean? I don't know anything about giving birth. It's my first baby, everything's going in my head. She said, baby doesn't have enough water in his bubble so we're gonna have to get him out and then I just remember thinking holy crap this is gonna happen <laughs> oh shit <laughs> but um I go to the car and I look at Sam and I'm like okay hey, we gotta go home and pack and of course you know he's all excited we're all excited but in the back of my head I'm like holy shit this baby has to come out there's no more water in his you know in his living space we have to go we have to go we have to go we get to the hospital at 9 p.m. to get induced we sit there and we sit there and we sit there and we don't get a room until 1:30 in the morning and I'm just so pissed because doc told me we have to get him out 
why isn't he coming out right now, right? I don't have my hospital room. I'm not in a bed. What the heck's going on? So we finally get into the room, and I can just remember telling them, they're like hooking me up to everything, and they tell me, okay, Court, you have to put in a catheter, this and that. Um, what's your birth plan? So I say, okay, well, you know, I want to go ahead and use, like, they have like a little bar that um, attaches to, or that's attached to the bed. You can actually hold on to that, you know, and have gravity, like kind of like a squat down on the bed, have gravity, push baby out. You can do all these kind of things. So I was like, okay, I really want to do that. The contraction starting to come and he, baby is so comfortable where he's at. He doesn't want to come out. And I'm just like, dude, these contractions, they're not fun, right? I mean, I never thought they were fun. I thought I could handle it, right, mama bear, but I couldn't handle it at all. This kid was like clinging on to the insides of my stomach and he did not want to come out. <laughs> so I told them, I need the epidural. The epidural, oh no, Court, we'll try and do fentanyl. Fentanyl, if I'm saying that correctly. Um, second round, I'm like, oh, doc, okay, I believe you, I trust you, whatever. So she gives me the fentanyl, it doesn't work. I don't feel any medication. I don't feel that good feel like I had the first round. I'm looking at her and I'm saying, doc, I need the epidural right now. I need it right now. And she's like, okay, hey, we have to wait for the medication to like, I need it right now. <laughs> she finally was like, okay, cool, we'll do the epidural. So Sam leaves and the anesthesiologist comes in, this tiny little lady. I didn't feel any pain. Once it settled in, I was just frozen from my hips down. And I remember my doctor coming in and saying, okay, new birth plan. And I was like, what do you mean new birth plan? She said, well, Court, you can't be on your legs. Your legs are numb, so we can no longer do the squat position. And she's like, what's your new birth plan? And I said, whatever happens, save me and save baby. So I didn't realize that when you get the epidural, because nobody tells you these things, right? Nobody tells you unless you really ask, but then of course you don't know what you're asking because if this is your first baby. The epidural shakes uncontrollably and I'm just like, I need a heating pad. After a while, after so many heating pads, because I'm anemic too, so I, <laughs> I get cold ridiculously fast. So Sam's over here grabby like the nurse is like hey what do you want like uk and i'm just like i'm cold and then boom sam walks up goes to the nurse's station gets heating pads comes back brings it to me and this guy is a saint i tell everyone whether you're planning an epidural or not bring the heating pad it's good for contractions it's good for when you get your epidural that way you can heat your legs we check in tuesday night at nine it's wednesday with a um, it took a day and a half for baby to get to three centimeters. I'm telling you, this kid did not want to get out. Then we did like the Pitocin and within what, three hours? I got to six and then boom, an hour later, they come in for a, they come in for, what they come in for? They come in for a practice push, right? But it's Thursday now they look down and they're like court he's crowning and i'm like oh shit, no way but i'm like epidural out right so i can't feel anything they're like court looking at my stats court you can't feel any of those contractions i'm like nope 
like you know I'm I'm on cloud nine I don't feel nothing and so so they're like okay 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 we gotta get the doctor we gotta get the doctor and I'm just looking like all right cool like frick and then you know in my head I'm just like oh my god this kid's coming out oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god had my doctor an up-and-coming OBGYN student um, a nurse an up-and-coming nurse there was like four of them and this one that was kind of rude that time I think she was just overwhelmed by the amount amount of people that were giving birth that weekend and there's Sam you know in my corner setting up the little camera <laughs> and Everyone is double mask, right? Face shield, double mask, COVID. The nurse that was kind of rude looks at Sam and goes, give her her mask, get her mask. And I was like, you gotta be shitting me. Because you know, we have the N95s, the circle ones that you know hurt your face and I'm about to push out a damn kid, you asking me to put my mask on when you're double mask and I'm face shields on, you're crazy. And I did and I was like, Doc, how do I know I'm gonna push? Pretend that you're swimming in a lap pool and you're just holding your breath, okay? Hold your breath for 10 seconds. It was like 15 minutes and this boy came out pretty much flying. You can see her, right? Because the reflective um, image from her shield. And she's like, Court, do you wanna pull him out? And I'm like, pull him out? What am I, Rafiki and Lion King over here? What's going on? And I do. <laughs> and But of course, you know, I'm like frozen from the waist down, so I can't feel myself lift up. Because surprisingly, it actually got to like the middle of my stomach. So from the middle of my stomach down to my tippy toes, I could not feel a thing. So the rude nurse grabs my arm and whips me forward to get Zeke. And I'm just like, ooh, I'm about to punch you. <laughs> but um, as soon as they put baby on me, I still had uncontrollable shakes. So I'm over there like, I'm so sorry, Zeke. I, nice to meet you. I'm freezing, right? But you have to do like that skin to skin connection. And that was, that was my birth story. Nobody could visit us. I guess a little bit more of that sadness kicked in when nobody could visit us at the hospital. Uh, we ended up not leaving till Saturday. So mind you, from Tuesday night at 9 p.m. all the way to Saturday around 11 a.m. That's how long we're in the hospital. So we get home and of course everybody's all excited and whatnot. And I'm very OCD, so I'm like, wash your hands, you know, do this, do that before you touch this beautiful gift from God. And I guess I didn't realize it, but my postpartum had kicked in because of that. I was anxious on if somebody was gonna bring COVID to the house. Was somebody's hands clean enough to hold him? Um, you know, I was just scared. And I'm grateful that not everyone came over right away. Even my parents, my parents told me, hey Cord, if you're not feeling up to it, just, you know, let us know when you're ready. But I was ready because I missed that interaction with my family. I've been in the hospital for like a couple of days, you know? I need to see somebody. I remember being pregnant, 
but it was sitting on my sciatic nerve, so I had pain from that, and I needed to use a cane when we went out to dinner or just walking around the house. He literally, Sam literally had to carry me out of the tub to help me because I couldn't get up, I couldn't stand up. So now, more so, I'm in so much pain. As soon as we get home, my mother came over and she showered me, and I felt so horrible. And of course, I'm not going to tell her this because, you know, nobody talks about it. I felt I couldn't take care of myself. How am I going to take care of my baby? Right? And that's okay. Everyone has these thoughts. It's okay. And I just remember I didn't brush my hair the whole time. I didn't even freaking brush my teeth. (laughs) Showered, came outside hung out with everyone and you know as the days progress you know my epidural is leaving me my body's regulating back and I just remember telling Sam like you know I'm really grateful for your parents and I love that they want to give us time to recuperate and they'll watch Zeke at night while we sleep but this is our job this is our job and I you know I brought Zeke into the room and I just remember Sam's mom coming in at like 4 a.m. just to check on us, right? But baby was crying, but I'm so tired that I don't hear him crying. And Sam goes to him and he's like, I need to take him walking. I need to take him outside is what he said. I need to take him outside. And I just thought, no, you can't take him back outside. We need to watch him. So I said it and I said, no, he's fine. Leave him alone. And I just felt so bad as soon as I said it. But did I say anything? No. I just laid back down and I just cried myself back to sleep. And I didn't realize that it was postpartum depression. I didn't realize that it was baby blues. Baby blues. So you know, I when I get the courage, I I talk and I you know I say I'm sorry. And that was probably like a couple days later, to be honest. And it's not because I don't like saying sorry, because I'll be the first one to say sorry, but I just didn't know what caused me to act that way. And I remember a couple of days later when I did say sorry, I, um, I felt much better. Still trying to figure out what the heck was going on with me. Nobody talks to me about, um, about you know the days ahead, right? And I just remember like I'm still sore down there. So I go for a walk like around the house, you know, doing my daily chores, trying to get back into habit. And I just remember breaking down so bad because I had irritated a stitch and it hurt. And I cried so hard. And Sam was just so sweet. And he said, what are you doing? (laughs) That's a big sweet. What are you doing? Go sit down, go lay down, relax. You're not supposed to do anything anyway. And... You know, like, I'm very blessed. Like, my case of depression was extremely mild because I have the help. I really have amazing help. And I just don't know what I would do if I didn't have help. So this is actually why I made this podcast. That way, a ton of you out there can talk. You can come to me anonymously. You can tell me your name. It doesn't matter. I just need you to talk. 
I know that some people don't like to talk to their significant other because they're afraid of what they might do. They might take away baby, you know, and and no, it's not that at all. Just tell me how it is. How are you doing? What got you through it? What did? How, how did I get through it? I mean, I'm still going through it. Some days I can look at a sad commercial and I can break down. So sad. And I was never like that. I actually cried at nothing i was cold-hearted back then but all these different hormones and whatnot right just takes you to a different place but nobody talks about it for the fear that they just get looked at wrong and that's why this dark subject needs to be brought to light there needs to be more there needs to be more awareness for postpartum depression. So please definitely come and talk to me. That way others can take notes. Hey, you did that? Oh man, I did that the other day. Man, is that what postpartum's like? You know, let me take that note down. That way if it happens again, I'll know that it's postpartum depression and I can express myself in another way. So that's really, really why I want to talk about this subject. You know, how did you get through it? What, what did you do? But I'm going to tell you this. Get up and take a shower. Do small things first. Get up. Get out of bed. Do, to, do tiny things in your daily life to get you out of that depression. Just go brush your hair. I'm going to tell you, man, those simple things to do actually helped me. Because I didn't brush my hair for like a whole week, right? Because I was just like, okay, cool, I got to take care of this baby. I don't have time for myself, which is totally wrong. You should definitely have time for yourself first. Because you got to take care of yourself first. That way you can take care of baby. And please, dads, come and talk to me too. You see what we're going through you don't recognize the signs or maybe you do see the signs but you don't recognize that it is postpartum depression come come talk to me that way we can just get that weight off your shoulder you know so yeah i am courtney this is our first amazing episode on sweet tea and i just can't wait to hear all of your stories you know have a good one aloha mm-hmm.